Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show. Up next, another story on Hank Brown, one of the greatest and most humble statesmen of our era. Hank volunteered to serve in Vietnam served in the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, served as president of three different universities, including having unanimous bipartisan support to lead the University of Colorado out of a number of scandals. Let's get into the story of his military service. I uh, was in grad school and found it boring to the point of distraction. So I joined the Navy, went through officer's candidate school in Newport, then volunteered for the UDT training, uh, underwater demolition training. Unfortunately, my eyes weren't good enough. I was 20, 30 in one eye. So when I got turned down for that, I applied for flight training. You could, with correctable vision, you could become a navigator. Got into a VR squadron. And uh, when Lyndon Johnson asked for volunteers for Vietnam to serve in Vietnam, I remember it was a Thursday afternoon. He was on television. I was in the ready room working on some paperwork and he came on television and asked for volunteers and I went and uh, called my detailer in the Navy. They have people in Washington who follow your expertise and handle assignments. And I called my detailer and volunteered, filled out the paperwork that afternoon. Early in the morning, I had orders to leave before my 
commanding officer had even seen my paperwork. I guess I'd hit it just right and they were trying to get people over to Vietnam. So I left the next day, went to San Diego for training and then got to Da Nang, Vietnam in 65 early on when they were just starting the buildup. There were no planes in Da Nang for the Navy. They had planes, obviously, but they were Air Force and Army planes. So I tried to get assigned to a combat area because Da Nang was a, kind of an administrative area for the Navy. So I talked the Army into letting me fly with them as a forward air controller. And it was great fun. It was a little L-19, which is like a Piper Cub almost, little small light plane. We flew basically the area of i -Corps. You'd spot enemy activity. You had to get them to fire on you first to be able to call in an airstrike. So you'd circle lower and lower until they'd fire on you, and then you could call in naval gunfire or aircraft to strike them. The, the rules of engagement were insane because sometimes you then, after they fired on you, you had to then get permission from the American command for the Corps, the I-Corps area, and the Vietnamese command for the I-Corps areas. Well, sometimes it would take an hour to get permission to return fire. Sometimes it took 24 hours. I remember we came across at one point a unit of a North Vietnamese military of a battalion level size. They fired on us. We waited hours to get permission to return fire. By the time the permission came through, they'd gone off into the jungle. The rules that McNamara had set down for our engagement in Vietnam guaranteed that we would lose. Uh, he did such disservice for Americans and the Vietnamese. And uh, I think McNamara to this day bears responsibility for the loss of freedom for the South Vietnamese. Just insanity. We should never ever get involved in a conflict like that again where we don't have a determination to win. One of the things that, that most people don't understand is that first year in 65, the North Vietnamese murdered over 40,000 local officials in South Vietnam. I remember the Kennedys talking about how Teddy Kennedy, I think, in the Senate at the time was saying that we shouldn't support South Vietnam because they don't have a viable democracy. Well, what had happened is, if you think about it, it's like taking California and murdering every county commissioner, every board of supervisors, every city councilman, every legislator, every governor, every mayor, every local official in California. And if you do that, no, you don't have a viable democracy. People are afraid to run for office because they get killed. That's what happened in South Vietnam. But I found the, the training in the Navy uh, to be the best MBA program ever offered in the country. Harvard MBA doesn't have anything on the Navy. It's much better. It was a total change from uh, college. In college, you kind of train to learn by excuses. If you're not ready for an exam, you invent an excuse to avoid the midterm. You know, universities 
are empathetic with the kids and, and want to help them out. And, but you kind of get trained to, if you don't get something done, you can get by with an excuse for a while. All of a sudden, you were in an atmosphere where there was no excuse. You either succeeded or failed. I mean, for example, in the Navy, if your ship ever goes aground or has a collision, your career's over. It doesn't matter if it wasn't your fault. It doesn't matter if someone that you didn't see had made a mistake on the bridge. And it's a culture that says you have to perform, period, and there's no excuses for not doing it. And so what it does is it fosters an attitude where you go out of your way to make sure you accomplish your mission. Giving things a good try isn't good enough. And if you think about life, that's the way life is. Giving an, an effort a good try isn't adequate. You've got to succeed, and it's up to you. And the sooner you realize that in life, the better off you're going to be. Because a lot of us live our lives based on finding excuses for our failures in life. Maybe it's a way we protect our own ego. It was a wonderful lesson for life and uh, helped you understand how the world works. It was the first introduction I'd had to a bias in the press that astounded me. Um, let me give you an example. When I would come back from a mission, I would take my photos to, there was a Marine Corps uh, photo analysis shop in Da Nang, and I'd take my, uh, the photos I'd taken uh, of enemy activity to there to be developed. Obviously, they'd share them with the command. On one of the visits, just across the street, they had an open sewer in Da Nang where all the sewage kind of went down the side of the street like a gutter, only, uh, only a bigger thing. And uh, a Vietnamese boy had fallen into this open sewer line and was drowning. One of the Marines jumped up, ran over and dove in to all of this sewage and save the little boy's life. The press, the, the press corps had a, uh, a setup there because they also used the facility to develop their photos. All of the press just sat there. None of them reported on the event. None of them took a picture of it. None of them interviewed the Marine that had saved this little boy's life. None of them interviewed the little boy. It was a total non-event. I was shocked by that. How could an event like that not be news? And yet, what was obvious is the reporters were there to only report what was bad about our time in Vietnam, not to report what was going on. I was shocked from that. Obviously, there were a lot of instances after that that confirmed that was the view of the press, but uh, at the time, it was a shock to me that the people in the press could be so biased. I see the people who volunteered to serve in Vietnam and see their service degraded, people spitting on them when they came home. And I find it strange that people who enjoy the freedoms that they defended are so willing to degrade the people who sacrifice for them. Perhaps it's a fact that we haven't told the story of America's heritage or the American sacrifices.
And you've been listening to Hank Brown and his military service, the stories about it. He got more out of it and learned more about leadership and so much more than he would have having gone to, let us say, Harvard for an MBA. And he's right about that last point about storytelling. And indeed, it's what we do here every day is try and tell the story of America to Americans. It's really that simple. And with Americans, because so many of our stories are from ordinary folks, or let's just say not celebrities and singers and actors, and the usual folks who comment. And we also like to tell the historical context of when and why and how things happen too, because to not know a context and the story is to know just about nothing. Hank Brown's story, a remarkable life here on Our American Story. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.